All right, guys, we're about to dive into the final installment of the Get to Know Us series. Hell yeah. This week, we're going to be talking with good old Clarky about everything from his taste in music down to his family and his faith. Yep, and we're super stoked on how this conversation turned out, and we hope that you guys can vibe with it as much as we did. Totally. Basically, our hope with this three-part series is that you guys have a way better understanding of who we are and where we come from, and that this can kind of be a good foundation or jump off to how we think and approach culture, faith, and society. Yeah, man. Let's roll it. All right, let's go. Hello, world. Thanks for tuning into the Third Wheel Podcast. You're joined today by Garrett, Josh, and Jordan. On this podcast, we're going to talk about topics regarding culture, faith, and our society. We're not here to take ourselves too seriously, and we believe you shouldn't either. We're just here to create good dialogue and gain perspectives from those around us. Sit back, relax, crack a cold one, and join in on the conversation. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live! Crooks, what the I just fuck? laugh while you guys do that. Wait, you didn't do it? You the hell. You freaking you're a fucking Judas. I about I'm about to Judas. do it and then I just start laughing when you guys both start. We got a special nice. guest Judas in the house tonight. Judas Iscariot. <laughs> Here's your bag of gold shekels <laughs> what's up boys oh you know i'm pretty scared <laughs> it's the get to know clark episode he's shitting his pants for reasons you might find out in this interview oh man <laughs> oh teaser 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 lemon squeezer lemon i was just gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive in. I want to get to know ya. Grill me, boys. Grill me on the barbie. I'll grill you up real good. I'll toss him some teriyaki. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Clark. What's up, my dudes? I want to start off this. Hot off the press exclusive interview. Can can we start it super different from your guys's interview? Yeah, we're gonna s- with a super different start question, it drastically different. It'll be like nothing anyone's heard. Are you ready? Okay. How yeah. was your upbringing? <laughs> <laughs> In terms of strictness and influence of your parents, how was your upbringing? <laughs> I can't say I didn't see this one coming, honestly. Clark, boys. I got a better question uh, for you to start this whole thing off. Yeah. You have one place you can go. The world is ending. You have 24 hours. Where and yeah. what are you going to do? Quickest answer. Uh, My mind immediately went to sex i'm having sex somewhere (laughs) um for sure and then 
can I like teleport to different places or it has to be one? Um, nothing unrealistic. You could, you're able to fly and take a boat. Okay. So I'm first things first having sex, <laughs> uh, then grabbing my family, uh, going to Edmonton, picking up gear. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, and then we're going to Gearski. Toronto. You're, and I'll fly as many people as I can to Toronto. You're, go, you're just going to and, Toronto, or are you doing? Are you picking up anyone there? Oh, we're just going there, and we're not going to tell you. <laughs> no, yeah, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> and then uh, I'm dead at that point. So Josh is I good. Guess, I guess Josh I'm is going to no, run actually, into us know. at the Eaton Center. I'm hanging in a tree. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I would go to Toronto. No, scratch that. I'm having sex. I'm getting my family, all my closest friends. We're going to L.A. and just enjoying the weather, eating all the tacos. Probably is what I would want for my last. In an out burger. Oh, dude! Shout out, yes. In an out burger. I know that's such a fad thing to be like, you know, yeah. But as someone who had it. A mere two weeks ago. That's crazy, oh, man. Because you oh. were you were in Vegas for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And you had In and Out Burger. Me- for sure. First thing I did when I landed, Ubered to the hotel, checked in, walked across the street oh, to In and Out. Nice one. That's unreal. I haven't had In and Out in so long. Garrett, last time me and you. Yeah. Both had In and Out was at the studio yeah. when we were in LA and we had it delivered right to the studio. <laughs> no, it was uh we had a runner go out and get it for us. That's some real LA shit. Yeah. Oh we you had, had a runner. runner. That's we were, right. We're our bad <laughs> Oh wow. <laughs> oh uh, man, it was such a douchey thing. Our band was recording in Param You guys thought you guys thought you just, were. Hot just so shit. for anyone's list for anyone that's listening. We weren't anything significant. No, it we just weren't. makes it sound like it. Yeah, because we booked the studio. It yeah. came with a runner, so basically that was like our servant. Yeah, basically it was Paramount Studios in L.A. And there's a runner there at any given moment. We could just press, pick up the phone, press di- or just <laughs> oh, dial <yeah. laughs> number four, and it would give us right to the runner's personal number, and be like, "Hey, we're in Studio C. We want." fucking nine meals from in and out burger can you go get them for us and he would just go and just get the burgers for us how did you guys fit five heads that big in one (laughs) studio well one of the heads in that group is a lot bigger than the others so it kind of balanced out (laughs) which was mine mine my head was the biggest yeah Josh had lead singer syndrome, but he played digi drums. <laughs> I guess we'll get into some serious shit now. There. There's a, a fresh, unique start to an interview. Yeah. Okay, so you guys want to know about my yeah. parents. How strict your childhood was and how power tripping your mom and dad were and how messed up you were from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um that was so, so cheesy immediately 
<laughs> we're gonna no, cut we're that. No, we're not. Um, I mean, no, we're not. Immediately when I get asked that question, based on my worldview and like what kind of culture I was in, I would say my parents weren't that strict. But then, like an outsider's perspective, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is someone not in the Christian realm, they would say, oh, yeah, your parents are super strict. Um, actually, my parents, my parents actually got shit all the time for being like a little bit overbearing slash protective. Really? Um, yeah, like definitely I had a, uh, curfew longer than any of my friends. Would, I was limited on a lot. Who would they lot, get shit from? A lot of... Surprisingly, like, people in the church, huh. but so also just, like... Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also just, like, other friends' parents and my friends, they'd just be like, oh, dude, come on, your parents are lame, blah, right. blah, blah. But... So anyways, they got shit for that. And yeah, very surprising. Like other adults would kind of like judge them a bit. But I, that being said, um, obviously I'm a little biased, but I, I think they were just doing like, and I, I guess as we get older, we get a good, a better look into understanding our parents more. I'm sure you both can relate. And so I think they were just, doing their best to number one protect me and guide me in the best way they knew how um also being said that all being said i could think of way more strict parents than they were and i don't really regret the childhood i had because of that um the other interesting thing too is my parents and maybe specifically my dad, they're kind of like, it's kind of polarizing. Once, once you turn 18, they're basically like, all right, we did our job and like make your own decisions now. So they like, they went from like, maybe some would say too overbearing. And then like totally once removed, 18 almost. hit, it was just like, yeah, you're like basically on your own. That's not to say they weren't so hella supportive and like super right. amazing parents still like after being 18. But as far as like the overbearingness, they were just kind of like, all right, man, do your own thing. They would still definitely offer up. This advice, is what we taught you. This is what we've laid out for you growing up. And now it's your responsibility to do whatever you want with that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Isn't uh so yeah, it was a bit of a best of both right. worlds kind of. I was thing. just gonna say, is like how you kind of mentioned that. Looking back at it now, like you now that you're older, you understand your parents and like why they did certain things. Whereas like when you were younger, you didn't really get it, or you would get mad at it, or whatever it may be. That's so yep. crazy how we realize that like literally our parents are just trying to figure it out like they don't know like think yeah. of, if all of us right now had like f- 
teenagers, like teenager kids right now trying to, yeah. and we would <laughs> yeah. have, yeah, 15 like, year olds dating their first girlfriend. Exactly. We whatever. wouldn't know. Like, <laughs> we'd be like, what react? the hell do I do? Like, I've never done this before. I'm just, and they yeah. you just have to make executive decisions as the person who loves this child and this kid just being like, all right, this is what's, I think. And from a woman's perspective, someone I literally created with my body. Yeah. And like, it's, that's a crazy yeah, connection. Seriously. And it's like, like, all right, this is based on what I believe all my experiences up until this point leads me to think that this is the best decision and the best way to handle this situation my kids in and they yes. just and then the whole and then the whole time in the back of their head they're just like am i screwing this seriously life and up? we and we have the audacity as teenagers and young kids to be like oh my god I fucking hate my parents they're so strict they never <laughs> let me do anything I, I bet like they're so much different from every other uh one of my friend's parents when this just in, this is what Josh said about his parents behind their backs. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, I, interesting. I definitely bro. said that to them at one point or another. <laughs> Everyone else's parents does this, and this is what you do to me. <laughs> How come they're allowed to do this and I can't? Blah blah Steven, blah. Steven's moms let me say fuck. <laughs> I'm allowed to play Goldeneye only on paintball mode. Well, Nathan and Dylan can play without it. They can play slaps only. Paintball <laughs> 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 oh, mode only. D- Nathan and Dylan. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's amazing. Um, that's pretty sweet though. That you are kind of you're as you're getting older, you're realizing that about your parents and and yeah. I feel like you probably have a good relationship with your parents, which is why you're able to actually look at it in that light. And Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So would you say that you're closer to your family than you are with like your best friends? Or is that like a different relationship, sim- like same kind of relationship? How would you describe that? Um, so that one's interesting. Um, because I think like three or four years ago, or maybe in, when I was in high school, so more years ago than that, I probably would have answered this differently. Um, I would have probably said best friends then, but I, I'm going to say family because of a few things. Um, mainly because since then I've been through a lot of stuff and like, that's not trying to say like, woe is me, but like, as far as, um, up until that point, I've like went through some shit. Yeah. Um, some pretty life altering stuff. And so those things made me realize that friends can kind of come and go like even best friends and you can get closer to this best friend and this starting to analyze our entire friendship right now (laughs) trying to figure out where it's coming just wait for it just wait for it but um 
<laughs> just wait for it. But I would say that family is a constant, right? Is I guess is what I'm right, yeah. trying to say. No matter what you do and like like yeah, no matter what you do, what you go through, no matter how many one thing I've learned is like no matter how much you slap your family in the face, they'll always come back and be like, "Ah, uh, and I know that I'm blessed to have a family that is like right. that, and and some yeah. aren't. So, so, don't get it twisted. There, I realize I'm very lucky. Privileged, but, um, yeah, privileged white male. Um, <laughs> but I guess what I'm trying to say is they're constant, yeah. right, in my life, and so that's that's like my number one at right. this point because they've always been there, no matter what. They've never. Let's be honest, as as especially at our age and like in our early twenties and late teens, we're a bit self-absorbed and like even with our best friends, we're kind of worried about our own stuff. So even my best friends at my lowest points I found weren't totally there for me as I needed, which I don't fault them for. Right. And so that's when I'm just like, yeah, family is like number one there for sure. Um, that being said, there's a lot of stuff I can talk to to my best friends that I can't my family, and that's just because that it's a different yeah, yeah. dynamic, different right? relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, so all that being said, Clark. But the other thing too, sorry, no, go Chris, ahead. The other thing too is like with my best friends, and I know you talked about this in your interview, Garabit. With my best friends, like I almost view them as like family, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of in that t- territory mm-hmm. as well, which is obviously where you two would come in for sure. It's um. So put your mind at ease, Chris. <laughs> oh, thank God I could sleep tonight. <laughs> it's it's interesting though, and like I feel like we all have very similar relationships with our families, like the three of us, and it's crazy mm-hmm. though. We're very lucky, like how what you just said, like. Like, because I know people who don't have relationships with their families the way that we have relationships with ours. And I also, those same, I know like people who also don't have relationships with their best, best friends like we have. Like, they don't have any really, really deep relationships. Like, it's all just like surface level with everyone they have in their life and everyone that they're around, which is crazy. And yeah. it it's crazy and it's not that rare like i would say what we have is more rare than the alternative like what you're talking yeah, about absolutely what do you can you what do you mean by that clark well i'm just saying that it's more common to have poor relationships basically yeah, yeah. it's more common to not have like like if i were to ask like a bunch of random people if they have two people that they're like take away the distance apart the three of us are but just within our us three if i asked them if they had two people that they could tell anything like basically brother material but not blood i don't i don't even think half would be able to say that they have yeah. those people yeah. you know cuz it's it's easy it's way easier to have surface level relationships like in order to have yeah. 
And people's egos get in the yeah. way, and uh, it's inconvenient for me. He lives in Toronto. He lives in Edmonton. Like that's just not convenient. Yeah. But it's literally just putting the and effort in. The reason why I'm so close with whether it be my family or you guys is because we've had tough conversations, like conversations talking about things that we've went through that are not easy things to say and to let people in about. And so it's easy just to go through your life and, and not, not open up about like crazy things you've went through or things that have affected you in like really awesome ways or like really negative ways, whatever it may be. It's just so easy just to go through the motions but then yeah. after a while, it just makes me, it's sad because after a while I'm like, man, like, I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I was going through something crazy and I just didn't have like some real close best friends or, or I didn't have that awesome yeah. relationship with my parents or my family. Like, it's mm-hmm. just crazy that a lot of people just go through life. Like some people go through their whole lives, not having that. And that's yeah crazy yeah. i couldn't imagine it it'd be be tough it's humbling and i'm super grateful for it and i don't know how to describe it but i realized i'm privileged with it and i think you both do yeah, too. yeah. that 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 leads me into what i was going to ask you next clark um i i personally feel that having that type of relationship with my best friends and my family gives my life a lot of purpose and if you if you don't have that then you don't really have anything and there's no there's no purpose there's no there's no really reason to for me at least to be alive there's it, it just it's so empty so i yeah. i was going to ask you in those relationships with your best friends and your family that you were just saying you had great relationships with what do you value the most in in those um okay um i would say in my f- friendships um i'm gonna say honesty mm-hmm. um i know that's probably pretty cliche and also i realized that that puts me in a place where I could be seen as a real big hip hypocrite because yeah, he loves honesty and I'll, I'll definitely say I've been dishonest before. So that's not saying I've been perfect. Um, so yeah, I would say honesty. That, that's a multi-level um, honesty, right? Like honesty where it makes like, you can say, oh, man, I love you as a brother and that's real. And that's, but also at the same time, like man, you are seriously pissing me off. Like, and you can be straightforward on the other extreme of it. Yeah. So I think anyone that knows me knows me as like a pretty straight yeah. shooter. Uh, like pretty upfront and honest. Like sometimes brutally honest, I would say. Um, and so I kind of expect others to be the same to yeah. me, just by virtue of how I am. Um. Because another trait that I have is I'm not offended super easily. Like I can, like people can say whatever and I'll, like I I can't really, I I don't get offended that easy is what I'm trying to say. So, 
so basically my pet peeve when it comes to like friendships and relationships is when someone's either scared of offending me or like kind of trying to beat around the bush about something. It's just like, bro, tell me straight up. Cause if you're being honest with me nine times out of 10, I'm just going to respect that and ultimately hear what you're saying. So there's no point in just beating around the bush and be like, Oh, is he going to be mad or like, yeah. Is our friendship at risk? Like, no, dude. If you're willing to be honest with me, that's where I connect with you most. So I'm not going to be offended. Would you say that, like, you're super, super close with your sister? Or, like, what's your relationship like with her? Yeah. um, Yeah, I'm super close to my sister. She's, like... I don't like tossing around the word best friend because... It, it, more than describing a relationship, saying someone's your best friend tends to just insult every other relationship you have. Yeah, because yeah, lots of times you think that like you, ha- yeah. So, but I will say, she's someone that I love very much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for sure. Um, Clark, I, I'm just a bit confused because you said, um. I'm pretty sure you you answered yes to when I asked. You said you grew up in church. Yeah, and yeah. just like being on the best friend topic and all, um, isn't Jesus <sighs> supposed to be your best friend? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going somewhere. I'm like, okay, hold on. Josh is Josh yeah, is um, leading up to a joke he's been brewing up. That's for the a last serious two question. Minutes. That's a serious question. Yeah. And I'm a little concerned for your faith. <laughs> Most, just like any relationship, uh, you become closer with people at different times. <laughs> Me and Jesus are a little rocky right now. <laughs> oh. You and JC are on the rocks. I'll get a JC on the rocks, please. Built on the rock. <laughs> Lime on the edge. <laughs> I'm built on the sand. <laughs> so, no, me and me and Jizz are good. Actually, better than probably we ever have been. But we can probably get to that yeah. later once we get deeper. I'm assuming. So, as some people know, hearing mine and Josh's interviews, we're uh, both very musical. And I was just wondering if if you play music at all. If like where you're at whether it comes to playing music, your love for different genres of music, like do you play any instruments or? Uh, Yeah. So when I was quite, uh, I wouldn't say quite young, middle school, um, I started taking guitar lessons like every middle school (laughs) Christian youth group boy that wants to get girls does. And so I did that. I played guitar. My brother played bass. Were you wearing skinny jeans at this time. point? No, we can get into my fashion. Okay. Sorry, I just later. you said youth group kid, so I was just <laughs> okay. Yeah. Keep going. Sorry. Mm, yeah, I don't know if skinny jeans were quite there yet, but yeah, we can get into that later if you want. Anyway, so took guitar lessons. Everything. I quickly just. Realized the guitar was like a little biting off more than I could chew or that I wanted to chew. Like guitar is very vast. 
Um, so I basically learned the dummy instrument. campfire chords. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say I basically learned uh, the other instrument, <laughs> easier version of it. <laughs> nope. So I just basically learned the campfire chords, and then I learned the instrument for dummies, <laughs> bass. Whoa, 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 whoa. Garrett, how do you feel the about instrument that instrument that any three-fingered monkey <laughs> any three-fingered monkey could play? Well, As my worship leader once well, said to if me. If anyone's seen Clark play the bass, they would think he's a three-fingered monkey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Except I play with a pick, so. So so anyways, I got into bass number 1 cuz Probably at the start because it was easier, but then I quickly realized like I really had a love for like the rhythm section, like I loved the drums, and then like as soon as I got into music more, I started listening. Basically, I just for some reason my ear just heard the bass lines, and I was just like, "Damn!" Like any song I really liked, it had a really good bass line. Like early Tokyo Police Club, I was so influenced by that band. Um, and then, and then Kings Leon a bit later. Damn, Kings of Leon. Jared Falwell was. Jared oh, yeah. is. I know you share that one. God on the bass, he's insane. He's a beast. And, or I guess to wrap it up, uh, where I'm at now is I play in church bass, yep. uh, which is pretty rewarding. And yeah, probably my my best time. Um, playing music was a short stint i had uh playing shows with a band like a local band in lloyd um with our boys arnell and scott actually and yeah that i did like a few shows with them and it was like my first and only taste of playing music in a band and it was whoa probably like one of the highlights of my life for sure We opened for the legendary band Kairos. Oh. Once. Yeah. Those guys are legends. That's uh, Ryan Gura- <laughs> Ryan Guerra, right? Is in that band? Yeah. Right? yeah. Ryan Gorilla. Yeah. I almost I almost said Gorilla. Hey, now it's now it's Pastor <laughs> yeah. Ryan to you. Sorry, Thank man. You very much. Um, I, I won't so- uh one quick sorry, Josh, one quick story about Kairos. I won't say what member it was, but I remember I played a show. <laughs> Or I was playing the same festival with that band, and I was one of the members was like out in the field of this festival, like talking with fans afterwards. He's talking with this girl and talking like a foot away from each other, looking into each other's eyes, and he's second knuckle deep in his nose, picking his nose. While oh, he's I know, having, I know exactly I know. who you're talking about. I think Why? I could guess who it was, and they may or may not be a pastor right now. Oh. While this dude was having a full-on conversation, staring into the eyes of this fan, of this girl he was talking to, just second knuckle deep, like half his finger was gone in his damn nose. Just digging. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah. Anyways, Josh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask Clark, um, being a bass player, other than Kings of Leon and Tokyo Peace Police Club, what were the other, is there any other genres you fell in love with? I started listening to music with my brother, um, 
er, like late elementary yeah. was kind of when iTunes came out. Like we were at a very pivotal time when like iTunes and like buying MP3s um, was at its uh, start. And so me and my brother would just like kind of nerd out and go like searching on iTunes and stuff. Um, So yeah, he was very into like the stereos and like the techie aspect of like music. And I was like, I really like, especially with hip hop, like nerded out on like the production, the lyrics. Like I just thought the crazy wordplay was so dope. But yeah, it was definitely hip hop from the start. And then... nice. Yeah, that was my main Sick. genre for yeah. sure. I was uh I was going to bring up fashion cuz if like there's one thing that I could describe like you and what you're interested in, it's definitely clothing. And like I would say not just any clothing but more high fashion brands and things like that and luxury brands you're really into. Do you think that a lot of that your love and your passion for that kind of clothing and that style like urban streetwear supreme things like that do you think that all kind of stems from your early love for hip-hop and rap music yeah i think so um yeah with my with my fashion that that kind of started and i guess this answers your earlier question about your half joke question about the skinny jeans I like grew up really, it was kind of unique because I cared about fashion a lot earlier than anyone else did. Like usually as kids, like we just like throw on whatever and it's just like whatever. But like for some reason, I just like really cared about not only how I looked, like not in like a really conceited way, but just like how other people looked and and what certain people would wear and stuff. And like, in middle school slash late elementary, I went through this crazy awkward stage where I just like had this something in my head that was missing from what people were wearing, yeah. but I just couldn't figure it out. And there was, this is obviously like early 2000s. And so I'm like trying to figure out what it was, but like nothing in stores or anything was good so i went through this real awkward phase of just wearing like track yeah. pants because i could never like find right. a, a good fitting jean every, every jean just kind of felt weird to me and like same with like shoes and stuff i i just went through this really weird phase of not knowing what where i was at like with fashion and then i eventually i remember actually seeing little Wayne perform at the VMAs once and he had these shoes on and I was like, yo, those are dope. Like, and this is like early me getting into pop culture. So I've, I'd never really seen like something out yeah. fashion outside of Lloyd Minster, you know? So I see little Wayne in these shoes and I'm like, yes. So I like did my research online, figured out how to get these things and nobody was wearing them. That sounds really hipster, but so I did my research, found this like small store in LA that only carried them and I shipped them and I got them. And then like, I was yeah. just like, okay, here we go. Like that's kind of where the addiction to like clothes and fashion started. And then like as a side, as a side thing, like 
people were <laughs> i kept getting comments like yo what are those like in good and bad like what i'm not saying i was like hot shit after that <laughs> people were just like what what yeah seriously they're just like what the fuck are you wearing like i would get like teased a lot yeah. with like what i wore and stuff and then as a side note like literally three months later all the stores in lloyd were stocking those shoes yeah. and it became like the hugest fad but um super sky super tops. sky tops, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so from then on, then I was like, okay, hip hop culture is definitely influ- influencing yeah. me, and also skate culture. Me and my brother were weird because we didn't skate at all. We couldn't skate worth a shit. We were total posers, like hundred percent. But we were so into like skate brands, like skate clothing, mm-hmm. skate. We love skateboarding movies, and like we just loved all that shit. But we never did get into skating for whatever reason. So full full admission, we were total posers. But I was just very influenced yeah. by like That's those sick. two cultures. Yeah, I remember sure. when, because uh, when I was younger too, I was really into skate culture. I was never like I tried really hard to be good at skating, but I was never really good. <laughs> um, but my brother yeah. and my cousin and like a couple of my friends when I was a kid were un- were actually really good, like to the point of almost getting. Yeah, like yeah, they Wes was like all a got fire skater hey? by like the local skate shops and stuff like that, which is like whatever. But like that's a big deal at the time. It was a big deal if like right. the local skate shops were noticing yeah. like how good you were. So yeah, my roommate got sponsored by a skate <laughs> shop in Lloyd. Shout out Josh, dude, that's sick. He was top um, shit. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Sick. He's a badass skater. But I remember he was in like, his day. we would see, we would watch these skate videos, like the zero videos, the element videos, like all these like pro skaters. And they'd all, all be wearing like these baby yeah. t-shirts with like skin tight jeans. And I was like a scrawny little kid at that point. Yeah. So I could like no, like no stores sold men's jeans that were that, that tight. tight. Even like, it's even hard to find stores yeah. now that sell men's jeans that tight and so we would yep, go to goodwill sure. and to value village and these different thrift stores in our neighborhood we would just skate there with like six dollars in our pockets and just find like the tightest pair of girls jeans that we could possibly find and we would buy them and we <laughs> and we would have those with like these big clunky like skate shoes like circa skate shoes and shit like America skate shoes and everything. Yeah. And we would get, like have like baggy t-shirts and stuff like that. And we just th- like, we loved the whole look Dope. of that. And like, we saw like all our favorite skaters who were wearing that shit. And we're just like, man, that's so cool. And we just wanted, we so badly wanted to dress like them. And so, yeah. So you, you, at that point, yeah. you just didn't care if it said one yeah. love right across your butt cheeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're willing to take the hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never I <laughs> never for the team. I w- <laughs> I will say I will say I never ever ever wore girl jeans. I, I think my dad would shoot me jeans. if I ever did that. Um but but yeah, I think that was like what I was mi- missing is like slimmer fitting clothes. Yeah. I was just no one was doing that and I was just like that was the missing piece, and then I was like, "Ah, skinny yeah. jeans." Again, Lil Wayne actually, he he was one of the first rappers to to wear skinny jeans. So then I was like, "Oh, 
let's do it. And then, of course, it blew up, and yep. it's a huge thing now. But with with fashion, too, I've always, and again, this is going to sound super hipster, but I'm definitely not meaning it this way. I never cared what people thought. I don't know where I got that gene from, but, like, literally I just did my thing, um, wore whatever, and... I got shit for it a lot, especially being like small town, Alberta slash Saskatchewan. Like lots of people didn't understand it, but I just like stuck to my guns. I just like, it was a real hobby to like be into like clothes and shit and be into that. So, and I just never cared what people thought. And it, it actually works out when you do that, because then you're never wearing the same shit as everyone else. And then, yeah. So it's nice. Yeah. So what do you do right now for work? Like, what's your career? And I guess how influential would you say that your career has been, like, for the path that your life has taken? Okay. So what I do for work, I work at an engineering firm as a draftsman. Okay. Can you and explain that in like one question when I say that is white, what the hell is that's a draftsman? Exactly what I was going to ask you. Perfect. Yeah, just explain it in uh, dummy language for Lame me and Gary here. In stupid people terms, non-engineering. Yep, pretty much. Okay, that was a joke, yeah, right? By the way. Um. So basically what a draftsman does is they work with engineers to put their engineering ideas on paper so that because they're too busy being hella smart or some would argue not smart um, to worry about like putting it on paper for the trades people such as yourself, Crooks, to understand, which are the real important people, am I right, to understand what they're doing and what they're building. So they're basically just that connect between the ideas of the engineer and the tradespeople actually doing the hands-on work to building whatever it is they're building. Right. So I make drawings. Like blueprints basically. and like saying how big this yeah. wall is, how big the overall room is, like all Man, the different that ex- measurements yeah. and stuff. Now that explains why you only make minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. I got a second job at McDonald's, so I'll be okay. You're getting upgraded to drive through uh, at nighttime, though, right? Yeah, and then the robots are going to take over my till job. So, <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been doing the, uh, the drafting job for? I've been doing it for right out of high school. I went to school for it two years of college, and then I've been doing it ever since. So I think I've been at my job for four years. Coming up on five this May, I think. Nice. That's sweet, man. Um, yeah, it's it's a good time. To answer your second question there, Gare, what was your say? How is it influential? Yeah, how influential on my is your life? career for your life path? Right. So that's a really interesting question for me um, because... I pride myself on being a hard worker and I do the best I can do at my job. Yeah. Um, but I 
definitely don't like borderline an alcohol. <laughs> what? Not alcoholic. <laughs> I was gonna say alcoholic, but I meant workaholic. <laughs> borderline workaholic. Let me take another sip of this Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, you are a borderline alcoholic. I'm a borderline borderline workaholic. Um. Anyways, so yeah, I try really hard at my job, and I love it. However, I don't really put a lot of my value in my job. It doesn't define right. me. Um, I, th- I think. It's important for me specifically, and I know it's a d- different for a lot of people, and I respect that. But for me, I feel the need to separate my personal life and my work, mm. like greatly. Like I don't like letting it me- mesh, and I- I'm kind of good at it. Like I just get home and I don't think about work basically right. at all, and it's and I- I'm perfectly content with that. And I still love my job and. I I basically see it as a um, thing to make money and and do the things that are really important to me which is like have cool experiences with the people right. I love and hang out with homies and like do other yeah. fun stuff. That makes sense. I was actually talking to our boy uh Zapper. Oh yeah. Shout out the Zap man about that just after our trip from Calgary cuz we realized that we had just kind of, we're just starting to get to know each other and that was our first like extended period of time together and we literally didn't even know what each other did for right. work and we thought that was really cool because usually the first whenever you, you meet someone it's like yeah. what do you do what a boring question yeah and it's like and like I get it for some people their work is like their passion yeah. that's their life and like it kind of intermingles with their personal life and I respect that that's fair but it's just not how I roll and and yeah me and Zapper were just like yeah like I don't even care what you do like you're just a good hang and like there's so many other things to be talking yeah, about right yeah. so that's cool yeah no cause I mean I feel like a lot of people, especially um, people who enjoy their job and would even consider themselves as a self-proclaimed workaholic, definitely are not the type of people that would be able to just kind of like clock out and you don't think about work until you're there the next day, which is rare because I feel like if you're a workaholic and or and slash or you love your job you're just always thinking about it always like it's always on your mind and everything like that so i i feel like that's very unique but also super healthy and a really good way to handle your relationship with your work and your career which is awesome yeah i know it's very rare because like you say it's one or the other but yeah i don't know what it is but I'm really passionate about my job while I'm there and like I put my full effort in but as soon as I walk out of those doors it's like all right we'll start this back up at 8 right. a.m. tomorrow. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, yeah. That's cool, man. So Clark, um earlier we had mentioned or I had asked you that if you had been a part of church growing up and in your family and stuff. 
Yeah. Um, what does that look like for you now? Are you still involved with any sort of church? Do you have a faith at all or what's going on there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this could probably be a whole episode in itself as I'm sure it could be for all of us. Probably one of the reasons why we started this thing, but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll try and keep it short, but I, I am a person that, that does have a faith. Like I had mentioned before, I was raised in a Christian home, um, going to church and stuff, uh, decently conservative, definitely evangelical. Ugh. Um, <laughs> so, so that's that's my base. That's my worldview. Um So so that's my base. That's my worldview is like right. evangelical church. However, after going through stuff, various stages of my life, I'm kind of in a mode of going through various stages of deconstruction and kind of just rethinking or, th- or thinking for myself on a lot right. of subjects. Um, just different from what I believed when I was a kid in youth group, um, cussing, drinking views on sex views on, uh, hell views on salvation, everything like that. Um, so yeah, it's I. I'm kind of an odd duck in the way that I'm not super concerned with having all the answers. I'm kind of okay with, um, like I say, not having all the answers and like just figuring things out as I go. Yeah. I'm not the type of analytical person that needs to know where we came from, what happens after we die. Like, I'm just kind of like, I have my opinions on those things, but they're ever changing. And I think that's a good thing. Um, and I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends in church don't think that's that, that's a good thing, but it's what has worked for me. And I, I view it as a positive thing, which I could get into, but we probably don't have the time. Um, I just think it, shows growth and shows that I have different perspectives and that I think it's healthy to have your worldview shaken up a bit. So at the end of the day, if you had all the answers, there would be no faith. So yeah, exactly. And the other thing too, that's a crazy realization that I've just realized in the last year or so is that I don't think God expects that from us. Right. That's what I've been really convicted of. Like, I don't think he expects us to have all the answers. And I, I think he honors the fact that we are just yeah. trying to figure shit out, you know? And so I'm walking with him doing that as best I can. And I think that he's, like I said, walking with me in that. And, I don't think he's disappointed in me because I don't have every single right. answer. Yeah. What? And I think he's made me in a certain way that I, I'm not constantly chasing yeah. for those answers. And so, yeah. That's cool. Well, that's crazy, Clark. It sounds like um, from what you've told us about in terms of faith, 
you're on the same page as me and Garrett almost. We're just trying to figure things out and we're yeah. uh, on a path of tearing down old mindsets and trying to figure out what works for us and what yeah. makes sense to us now. So that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. At the at the end of the day, it's about can I sleep at night? Yeah. <laughs> because the, as a young uh, legalistic youth lots of sleepless nights <laughs> oh, stressing yeah. about stuff <laughs> i learned and you know and and i'm a person of relatively low stress so i can't imagine a, a child riddled with anxiety yeah. <laughs> being told those having things. the worries and questions <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so it's like dude just go with and again, my my more conservative Christian friends probably think I sound like freaking hippie right now, but it's it's basically you got to go with what works for you. And again, I really, from what I know God to be, I think yeah, He's for sure. with us. It, there. I heard I was listening to a podcast today, and and the guy that was on the podcast, I think he said something. This ain't an exact quote, but he said something along along the lines of, "I'm." pursuing truth without an expectation of where that's going to lead me, which I think is the best right. way to approach it. Not, not <laughs> saying like, Oh, you know, like that's such a counter church, yeah, but it's so, statement. it's so awesome. Cause it's all supposed yeah, to but, lead but in one direction. All right here. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was really dope. Like that's exactly how you should approach it. Like, I just want what's yeah. true and I don't care where that leads me and where I end up after that. I'm just actively searching for what's true to me. So, right. Wow. That's okay. Cool, Moving on from the hippie talk here. All right, Clarky. So I got one last blow to your brain. We should have called this podcast <laughs> hippie Christians. <laughs> So, Clark, um, I see you've been drinking Budweiser all night. One last little... Uh, I don't know yeah, what you're talking boozer. about. One la- yeah. Um, I better see you at the altar on Sunday morning <laughs> asking for forgiveness for those actions. Because it looks like you've had more than one. Am I right? Uh, I'm on the second. Three sheets to the wind. Yeah, that's definitely... You're due for an altar. Um, out of... Me and Garrett mentioned in our previous episodes that we both love coffee. Garrett says he loves beer more than coffee. I said I love coffee more than beer. Um, I know you're not really a coffee guy, and I know you love beer. Is there any other beverages or anything that you are psyched on the way that me and Garrett are psyched on coffee? Food or drink? Um... Yeah, out of yeah, out of beverages, I guess, or like things of that nature. I think I'm a. I I'd say alcohol would be my vice, just in general, <laughs> not specifically beer. Man, and I know that sounds really sketchy. I shouldn't call it a vice, <laughs> but that's Self the thing I'm into. <laughs> That's a thing that's, yeah, I guess I that's mean, what like I'm the into. thing that's really fucking my life up the most right now is probably alcohol in general. <laughs> so perfect. Um, me and Garrett no, can come I, clean now. I, this is actually an AA uh, Skype meeting. 
and we just needed you to personally. I gotta go, that guys. That was your vice. We're actually right outside your door. I gotta go. So. All right, coming in. <laughs> we got him. We got him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we got him. So nothing specifically, um, beer. Nah, like I, I feel like I feel like on a hot summer day, give me that Budweiser. On a cold winter's night, give me that old fashioned. Yeah. I love a good old fashioned. That's my. That's what I nerd out about. Any restaurant that has an old best fashion, old fashioned you've ever shit. had. Where? Okay. Original Joe's. This, oh, I haven't told you guys this. So that's my constant one. You can find me every Tuesday night at <laughs> seven p.m. Lloydminster, Alberta. Original Joe's. <laughs> and that's every Tuesday. What time? So old so fashioned. 7 p.m. Sweet, Come cool. through, y'all. Um, so, yeah, that's like my constant one. Best old-fashioned I've had in my life was in nice. Vegas. Um, I went to a hell, probably the fanciest uh, restaurant I've ever been to. They, I stu- totally stumbled upon this. I had no idea what I was what I was getting myself into. They had an entire menu of old fashioned. I thought I'd died and <laughs> died and gone to heaven, because that's what I believe heaven's gonna look the like. Wall of old fashioned. You didn't learn that in church. Yeah, just take your pick. <laughs> hell no, no. Won't even hear hell. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, had one of those. I had. Uh, I I just went for the most crazy one because you don't get a selection usually, so so I went for a banana flavored old fashioned, which old fashioned purists would probably be like, Ew. yeah, having the having the f- same face yeah, as you, Crooks. Interesting. I got a lot of shit from some of my friends about that, but it was good. It was more of a desserty vibe, like not mm. something to have like with your meal, um, but not too sweet, not as sweet as you would think. And Still that was an probably fashioned. the best one you've had. Um, so that was good. No, but see, my girl, also an old-fashioned yeah. connoisseur, um, she got the, you'll appreciate this, Crooks, the Vegas Golden Knight. That's what it was called. Sick. That's pretty old sick. old-fashioned, yeah. Named after their hockey Boring. team. Boring. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so... That thing was unreal. It's just a nice classic old fashioned. It had gold flakes in it, my G. Oh man, how much was that drink? It's US, right? Yeah. I think that was about fifteen. That's not, not too bad, bad for something so extravagant. Yeah. Yeah. That's with the that, gold flakes. So yeah, my girl was drinking. That's pretty gold sick. That's the one But yeah, I I had a I had a taste of hers, long story short. That was the best old fashioned I've had. If you're hearing me right now, that means that you just made it through an entire episode of me bullshitting for 45 minutes. And for that, I appreciate you. And we appreciate you. That concludes our Getting to Know Us series. Hopefully you know us all a little bit better than you did before. And we are super stoked to get into a flow of recording and releasing 
episodes on a constant basis. We're planning some interesting stuff going forward, including certain topics and guests that you may find intriguing or exciting. And we can't wait to show you what we have in store. So keep it locked. Peace. Mwah. Ciao, baby.